In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Ephesians chapter 4, but there's so much I had to break it into two parts. So this episode's going to be Ephesians chapter 4, part 1. And then the next episode on teaching is going to be episode 49, and that's going to be Ephesians chapter 4, part 2. In this episode, I what really stood out to me to talk about and share about are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, and teachers. Where are they? Who are they? What happened? Are they for today? Or did some of them vanish? Join me on this episode. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. Father God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our spirits and our minds, Lord. Help us to receive your thoughts and your truth even today even about this first part of Ephesians. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage us in some special way and challenge each of us, Lord, even to pray and and to press in deeper into your word and into you by your Holy Spirit. And I, I pray this now in Jesus' name, and I thank you and praise you, Father. One of the things that stood out to me as I was reading through the first part of Ephesians was the idea of love. In the first and second verse of chapter 4, Paul says this, I therefore, prisoner in the Lord, urge you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And the word love there is agape love. Isn't that interesting? And when I, when I read that and I was reading through the other passages that also have the word love in it. In this chapter, even in the first 16 verses, well, every time that the word love is used, it's agape. And it just made me keep thinking about, I couldn't help but to think about what Jesus said to the disciples, that they must love one another, that he commanded them that they must love one another. As he loved them, they must love one another. And that everyone will know that that we're his disciples by the love that we have for one another. Well, what love? Agape love, God kind of love, the way that Jesus loves us and us learning to understand that love and then loving others, each other, others in the body of Christ with that same love. And I just wanted to challenge you that when you read the word love anywhere in the New Testament, to consider that it's probably the agape love that's being used. And you can always go online or somewhere and look it up and look up in the Greek, see if it says agape, because more often than not, actually agape is the word being used. Pretty amazing. As we're continuing here in Ephesians, the, the apostle is really trying to encourage the believers here. And, and the believers are, are Jewish believers and Gentile believers together. And he's been encouraging them to the effect of, look, 
in the body of Christ, it's not about whether or not you're Jewish or not Jewish, and that's what gives you a relationship with God. It's about whether or not you're in Jesus, whether or not you've been born again. But Paul really is encouraging us to love one another, and, and then he even expounds further to the extent of sharing how God has given gifts to the body of Christ, in other words, people who have a special calling on their lives to be as a gift to the body of Christ and to serve and minister, and minister actually means serve, to the body of Christ to help build up the body of Christ. And this is where we hear about the fivefold ministry. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 11 through 15. He gave some to be apostles. Who? God. He gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to the work of serving to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we may no longer be children tossed back and forth and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of people, by, by cleverness in deceitful schemes, but speaking truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. This is one of the places in the Bible where he talks about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and the, the mission that they have are for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, to help all of us who are believers in the, who are part of the body of Christ to grow and, and become more and more mature What's what does that mean in the big picture of things? Now, <laughs> some people call themselves apostles, and some people call other people apostles, and some people call people prophets, and some people say, Well, I'm a prophet. And then there's gifts of prophecy, for example, where, where someone has a gift of prophecy that God gives somebody a gift of prophecy. And that's not the same thing as being called to be a prophet. In the sense of that is that is your life. You're a prophet. God has called you to be a prophet. He wants you to be a prophet for the body of Christ. But if he did that, what would that mean? And is it something to be frightened of or scared of? Or same thing with an apostle. And some people don't believe apostles exist anymore. And there's different reasoning that people have when they talk about whether or not the fivefold ministry exists anymore. And sometimes people blend things together. It's, it's not unusual that if you hear somebody talk about, for example, pastors and teachers, for people to say, well, that person is a pastor teacher. But they just kind of blend it together. And it's, and it's normal and it's not unusual to hear somebody say, well, oh, well, that person's an evangelist. It's almost like evangelists are okay, pastors are okay, and teachers are okay. But when it comes to prophets and apostles, people really get shook up 
and there's there's big teachings that actually surround whether or not apostles even exist anymore or prophets exist or what that even means. And I want to talk a little bit about this because, well, I think it's important. Anytime the Bible teaches one thing and people are teaching something different, I think it's important to find out what the Bible teaches. And here's the thing. If the Bible does not say that apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers are no longer needed or are no more or that they won't exist after something happens, we ought to know what, what it says because other people come along and they say, oh, well, that, that's not real anymore. There aren't apostles anymore, for example. Just as a blatant example, some people believe that because the Bible was canonized, other words, we have a New Testament, right? It has the books in it, the Gospels and the Epistles, right? Letters from Apostles and stuff, and, and they're all together, and we have this Bible. And because we have this Bible, there are people that believe that there's no reason to have gifts of the Spirit. And they believe that there's no reason to have apostles or prophets, for example. And But when you read the Bible, the Bible that they talk about, it doesn't say that. What does it say? Well, I'm going to read a little further here again. I'm going to repeat what I've read before. All right. Number In verse 12, it says the reason that this fivefold ministry exists, that these fivefold ministers exist. It, it says this, for the perfecting of the saints. And the word perfecting is going to be the word that means to make mature, to help grow, to help become of full age. That's the perfecting, right? And for the perfecting of the saints to the work of serving, to the building up of the body of Christ. That's why, that's why we have a fivefold ministry. Okay, verse 13, and then how long are we going to have a fivefold ministry? How long is it needed for, right? Well, just read verse 13 through 15. In verse 13, it says, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, has the church done that? Look around and, and just consider, just reality check. Has, has that happened? Have, have we attained the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? Has that happened? And then it says this in verse 14, that we may no longer be children tossed back and forth and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of people, by cleverness and deceitful schemes, but speaking truth and love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So, so we have the fivefold ministry given to the body of Christ to help us become more mature and to understand God's truth more clearly, right, as well as so that we can no longer just be children and be tossed back and forth with a bunch of different ideas and stuff that really aren't God, and so that we can learn to be speaking truth in love and keep on growing up. And let me give you a very short, simple definition of the fivefold ministers 
and then some explanation that please, please challenge what I'm saying, what I'm sharing with you. Think about it. Process it. Okay? I was taught a long time ago a very simple way to consider the fivefold ministers, and I want to share that with you. Apostles govern. Now, what am I taking this from? Well, read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. Read the book of Acts. Read the rest of the New Testament and, and scrutinize what I'm saying. Be a Berean, right? T test it. All right. Apostles govern. Prophets guide, right? Prophets guide. Evangelists gather. They gather the flock. Pastors guard the flock, right? The word pastor and shepherd, same thing. They shepherd the flock. They're under shepherds. The shepherd, right? If there is such a thing as the main pastor, right? It would have to be Jesus, right? The pastors guard the flock. And then teachers, they teach. I know all the other ones started with a G. <laughs> teachers teach. Pretty simple. And now, is it possible that you know people that are great teachers and great pastors? Of course. I would be shocked if you don't. But have you ever met somebody who's a great pastor? And when it comes to teaching, like digging into stuff, like to great, amazing detail, maybe not the best. Well, I've met some. Does that mean anything negative towards them? Not at all. All I'm saying is, is that I, I have definitely met some people that fit the bill for each of the fivefold ministers. And I've met some teachers who are pastors, and if they were called a teacher, they wouldn't be able to be paid enough to support their family. They're a pastor, and the church has them as a pastor, and that's okay. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying we live in a, we live in a day and age where you know certain things matter, and titles make a big difference. And they can change whether or not you get paid and how much you get paid. And can you support your family or can you not support your family? How does that work? And, and I can understand that all I'm trying to do here is just to focus on the idea. Fivefold ministry, fivefold ministers exist because the Bible says they do. They didn't stop existing because the Bible, the only indications that the Bible gives to us about a time when they will they won't be needed, if you will. Well, that, that time obviously hasn't come because every reference in the New Testament about the fivefold ministers talks about the body of Christ, the church, being in complete unity and in understanding and in loving one another and not children. Other words, being fully matured. And, and that hasn't happened yet. Now, apostles are kind of, they're kind of hard, in a sense, to knuckle down who is an apostle. Depending on who you talk to, some people say, well, an apostle is somebody who goes and, and starts churches everywhere, because we kind of see that happen in the book of Acts, right? And, and they govern. It's easy to see how they can govern. We see that in the book of Acts. We see that after Jesus ascends to heaven, and you have Peter and the apostles and the teaching of the apostles and this is the idea of the teaching of the apostles is contained in the books of the New Testament because some people believe that's all there is to that. That's why some people say, well, there's no, no longer any reason to have apostles. 
because, well, it's it's been canonized. We have a New Testament. But I don't see anything in the Bible that says that actually they would cease to exist. What I see is that God has given some to be apostles. And is it hard to look at the body of Christ today and look around? Is it hard to see that we could use some governing? <laughs> that even within denominations, even outside of denominations, I mean, look at all the denominations. Here's a clue, right? <laughs> and and so is it so hard to believe that there are some people that God has put into the body of Christ, even in the different denominations and outside of them, non-denominational stuff, that actually really help the churches work together and be closer and understand truth and love more and following Christ more and even help each other, even outside of their own denominations and stuff? I've met people like that. Could it be that some of those people are apostles? Think about it. And then what about prophets? Now, prophets can be kind of scary. See, apostles and prophets are kind of scary to think about. If you're a pastor of a church, if you're leading a church, and you're trying to protect a flock of people, then you are on guard, and, and you ought to be, and it's right to be. And if you're not, you're missing something, right? You want a pastor who's going to protect you, and they're going to protect you against lies, against trickery. I mean, what we read in verse 14, verse 14, we want pastors who want to help us to grow up and not just stay children. And so when it comes to prophets and apostles, a lot of times we're scared of these words because, well, you may have heard of somebody saying they were an apostle and they were trying to lead people away from God. Or somebody was a prophet and the same kind of a thing. Or somebody said, well, God told me in the name of God, I'm telling you, this is what it's supposed to be, or this is what you're supposed to do. And it wasn't lining up even with scripture. Like it was, it was just, there was something off or there was something wrong. Or, or what about the prophet that stands up and says, well, I'm saying this right now because God said I had to say it right now in the middle of this whole meeting and everything else. And, and they stop everything. So the spotlight shines on them, you know, well, if, if you read more of the New Testament, then you find out that there's a way to test the prophets. And there's a way that to understand that the Apostle Paul teaches that a prophet is in control of the spirit of prophecy. And, and he calls for all of the church, not just prophets, right? Not just the fivefold ministers, but all of the church to do things decently and in order. Because God is not a God of chaos, but he's a God of order. I'm saying all of this stuff. A lot of these things you've heard before, but I'm, I'm trying to encourage you that if the Bible says that this is the truth and it ends at a certain point, well, fine. But if the point hasn't come, then the end hasn't come either. There, I'll give you a different example that there are places in Scripture in the New Testament where it talks about gifts of the Spirit. And some of these gifts are like praying for people and, and them being healed or having words of knowledge or, or words and gifts of prophecy and different things along these lines or to work miracles and stuff. And people say, oh, well, that stuff doesn't exist anymore because all that's left is faith, hope, and love, for example. That's, that's a lot of times the verse that's, that's used against gifts of the Spirit and stuff. But even in that, that particular passage, there's a verse there 
that says, and when this happens, then all that's left are these. But the thing that it says that happens hadn't happened yet. Go figure. <laughs> oh, all right. Got to get back to Ephesians 4. So back to this again, right? In the Old Testament, the Bible teaches how to find out whether or not a prophet is from God or not from God. And in the New Testament, it talks about how to find out if the prophet is a prophet from God or not from God. I'm not digging into all of this in depth. I'm simply saying I want to encourage you to be praying, God, if you've sent apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to the church to help us grow up and become strong and become the body of Christ that you want us to be and to stop being children who don't understand your truth and how to apply your truth in our lives in this world we live in, if, if you have given those people to be in the body of Christ, Lord, send them. And if something's stopping them from being able to be who you've called them to be, Lord, we pray that you would begin to give them the strength and encouragement to be who you've created them to be. And if there's something about what we believe that stops them, then Lord, clean up our beliefs so that we can believe your truth and trust you rather than people and their thoughts. We want, to, we want to believe and trust your truth even more. And that's and I really wanted to take some time and focus on this. Not too long ago, I had a, a fellow classmate in a, in a Sunday school class of mine. They were asking about, you know, are, are apostles real? And, you know, are there still apostles and are there prophets? And I had to say, yes, they are. But it's like, how do you know if someone's an apostle? And if someone says they're an apostle, you know, is there anything about their character that you could look at and try and decide what that means? And even if they are an apostle, what does that mean? What does that even mean? And, and my thinking would be this. We're going to be looking for love. Who's love? Agape. Like I was saying at the beginning, really, agape. If you're an apostle and you don't love the way Jesus loves, hmm, maybe something's missing. If you're a prophet and you don't love, you don't have love, agape, the way that Jesus does, something's missing. Same thing, evangelists, pastors, teachers. In truth, anybody in the body of Christ, we're all called to love one another, aren't we? As Jesus loves us. This also puts another thing on us, though, doesn't it? How can we know if somebody loves the way Jesus does if we don't know how Jesus loves? And I guess, really, ultimately, I'm giving a challenge here to all of us, and myself included. Read and study the Gospels. Read and study Jesus, learn more of him, and ask him to show his truth to you and his teachings to you. It's always amazing to me how in the epistles, like in Ephesians also, how we're receiving teaching that is an expounding of what Jesus taught. And it, really what's happening is that these people who are disciples of Jesus are doing the Great Commission 
they are they are helping us to become disciples of Jesus also. And they're sharing his teachings, his truth, his love by his spirit to us that we can grow in that ourselves also. But we it, it's up to us whether or not we get closer to the Lord that we can know his word more also and also his love. And I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here, though. Um, as far as prophets, you know, and, and apostles and evangelists, ultimately, the title is not the thing that matters. Ultimately, if you're an apostle, then you ought to be doing what apostles are called to do. And if you're a prophet, you ought to be prophesying in the way that God wants you to prophesy. And no matter what, he's going to have you do it in his love, in his truth, in a way that he's called you to do it, which represents him ultimately. And so it's, it's a challenge all the way around. Will we get to a day and age where people recognize each other as fivefold ministers? I think we might, or in some circles we might. How true will it be? I, I think it will be true. How difficult? It depends on the circle you're in now. In some denominations, you would be hard-pressed to call somebody an apostle and for people to receive that. But to have somebody who could come and help a church grow through a hard situation, see, that's not so hard, is it? It's not hard to see that happening. Or to have somebody provide guidance that God's giving them without them having to say, thus saith the Lord. In some circles, if you said, thus saith the Lord, everybody's walls would go up and nobody would hear a word you have to say. And if God wanted you to speak to that circle of people, don't you think God would share you a way to speak to them so they could hear? Of course, of course. Evangelists and pastors and teachers are easier for us to receive and understand. And eventually, actually, even later on in some of the other chapters of this book of the Bible, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. And, and the Bible's not talking make-believe when it says spiritual warfare. And it, it's not talking about in Paul's day when the apostle wrote these letters. It, it's going to talk about that, but it's going to talk about in our day, too. And I'm going to continuously be challenging us to, to believe and trust the truth of God's Word and then apply that into our own lives. And in this one, what am, I, what am I trying to encourage us to do? Press into the Word. Dig deeper into the Word. If you haven't read the Gospels recently, start reading the Gospels. If you have a challenge about anything I'm sharing with you, Go to godsadopted.com slash contact. You know, send me an email. Ask me a question. If I can help with an answer, I'll be happy to. And maybe one day I'll dig even deeper into all of these things. Or maybe I'll do that because somebody asked me a direct question about it. But I do want you to definitely press in and, and take me up on the challenge. You know, am I sharing the truth and love? I'm not condemning anybody. I am encouraging everyone, hopefully, to grow up, though, and, and to be wise and not foolish, and to learn what God's Word says and apply it. And I'm going to close now with a word of prayer. In, in episode 
49, I'm going to do the, the part two of Ephesians chapter four. So please make sure you come on to it and, and we'll go through the next part, which is a real direct challenge to each of us. And Paul really talks about, you know, how we live and how we choose to live, which actually reverberates something directly that Jesus talked about. I get excited about this stuff. All right, I'm going to close in prayer now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, and thank you for a life more abundant, not just existing. And thank you for your truth, and thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would, that you would come close to each of us, and each of my brothers and sisters who hear this episode, I pray that you would touch them in some special way, even today, even whenever it is that they're listening to this episode, I pray that you touch them in some special way. If there's something that you want them to pray to you about, I pray that you'd encourage them to and give them the strength to do that and to speak out to you in Jesus's name. And, and I thank you, Lord, for the time to be able to put this together. And Lord, I do pray that you would send your apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and, and build up the church. Lord, especially in this day and age that we live in, it's so easy to believe that you're coming soon. And, and the angels in the church say, come quickly, Lord. And, and I say, come quickly, Lord. And until then, Lord, I pray that you would just give us encouragement and strength to grow closer to you and to learn how to love with your love, even each other, that the world would see that we're your disciples. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.